Welcome back. Today, I'm happy to say we have a special sponsored episode of the Sandbox Social Impactors for you to listen into today. I first want to thank our sponsor today, the Sandbox Center in Barrie, Ontario, Canada. The Sandbox Center is a platform accelerating businesses of all sizes by creating connected and sharing communities. From startups, scale-ups, large enterprises to idea generators, leaders and change makers, the Sandbox is a collective of passionate people facilitating a seamless journey for all stages of business. And for our second episode today, we have a very special guest with us today. We have Rachel Burdan from B-Lab Canada. So Rachel, I just want to take this time now to thank you for being on the Sandbox Social Impactors with me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to talk a little bit more about uh, B-Lab and about what a B Corp is and all that jazz. Yeah, and I'm excited to pick your brain a little bit about this. And I first want to start off with a, a super simple question. Uh, and this one isn't about B-Lab, it's actually about you. And it's really, you know, uh, who you are and what you do at B-Lab and why you believe you're a social impactor. Sure, that's a great question. So. I support marketing communications for the Canadian market at B-Lab. Um, some of the things that I do are, you know, really around kind of finding stories within the Canadian B Corp community and figuring out how we can tell them, amplify them, that sort of thing. Uh, really shine a light on what it looks like for businesses to do good at, at the same time as they're profitable. <laughs> and. I'm also working on a campaign that is launching in a couple of weeks, so looking forward to seeing that uh, kind of come forward in the Canadian market as well, just to raise some awareness about what what a B Corp is and and why it matters. Um, on a more personal level, though, I I've been in sales and marketing for uh, almost 15 years now, and it's really I've always kind of operated in that space where sales and marketing kind of intersect. So really taking that, that high concept stuff and turning it into something that's really tangible and usable and, and, um, and relatable. So I, I love working at the strategic level. I also love working at the really tactical level and I, I like building those bridges. Uh, I have some experience working at the agency level in terms of uh, bringing together the various departments that uh, that we've had within our organization. Mm. And that actually came about as a result of uh, my own role getting my company certified as a B Corporation, interestingly enough. So it yeah. started off as a marketing exercise and uh, and we quick, quickly realized that it was actually, uh, you know, a full business exercise. And so as a result of kind of my getting my hands on every different aspect of the business to make sure that we had what we needed in order to certify. I then uh, really, uh, you know, almost by force, a little bit by accident, um, <laughs> got into, uh, into senior leadership within that organization and, and helped run the business. And it was really through that lens of how can we be both successful and uh, purposeful in our day to day. And that's something I'm super passionate about. And um, and it's something that I love talking to other businesses about, which is really what brought me to the opportunity that I had to work with B-Lab on the marketing communication side of things. Hmm. And so it, what's kind of cool about that is we talked about this before, but you're wearing a couple hats. And so it lets yeah. you really see, you know, firsthand, you know, running a, a, B -Lab, a B Corp, but uh, also working for B-Lab. Like it's, it's a really yeah. cool way to do, to see both sides of that. Could you talk a little bit about that? I'm curious. 
Yeah, so, I mean, I've been passionate about the B Corp movement uh, for as long as I've known about it, which has been, mm, I guess, almost eight years now. So we got really interested in the movement really early on. It took us a while to actually certify uh, at our attraction. And the, the primary reason for that really was that the, the process of becoming a B Corp is a really great, um, a really great means of kind of looking within and looking at your business and looking at what's working really well and looking at what you might like to do differently, especially if you're a business that's already starting with purpose as a really important element of kind of who you are and what you're all about. Yeah. So, um, so it was a really, I would say, introspective exercise for us. So we would kind of go through the process of, uh, of, of working on the impact assessment. Um, and then have some really good ideas and, and take them away and start implementing them within our business and then kind of come back to the assessment. And that cycle continued for a little while until eventually we just kind of put our heads down and, and went through the certification process on our own. Um, so I, like I said, I, I, I became really passionate about the movement early on and through the process of certification became even more passionate about what that actually means in terms of um, creating a better business and mm. the kind of uh, the, the change, the positive change management that comes after certification also was a really cool process to be a part of. So, um, so every step of the way has really kind of uh, made me more and more passionate about, um, about the movement itself. And, um, and since becoming part of the community about the community of, uh, of businesses that, that choose to go down this path. So, mm. um, I would say, you know, I'm sure you're going to ask me about some of the benefits of, of being a B Corp and that sort of thing. And I would say one of the best things really is that this is a remarkable community of people to be a part of. Um, uh, the brands are really cool and, uh, and brands are backed by people. And I've really met some truly remarkable people along the way who have helped me grow both personally and professionally. So. Mm. Um, that's been a really cool thing. I sort of went off on a bit of a tangent, but um, but obviously I, I am a super fan yeah. <laughs> when it comes to uh, when it comes to what it is to be a B Corp, and um, and I guess that's, uh, that's one of the reasons I'm in the role I'm in in terms of uh, really kind of getting other folks to be just as passionate about it as I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I love that passion. I really do. Because it's a really uh, passionate space you have to be in. Uh, and you have to have passion to be in that space. And <laughs> I, I want to jump into the next question because it was a really good segue. We had talked about, you know, you, t you talked a little bit about the benefits, but I kind of want to ask a double sorted question. I don't know if that's a verb, but I'm going to make it one. Uh, and we'll it. It, yeah, <laughs> and it's twofold. So the first part of the question is, what are some of these struggles that exist with, you know, B Corp status and compliance in North America. And then the latter part of that question is, what are the benefits of that certification, you know, designation? What are those two parts? Sure. So challenges, here's, here's something that I, I tend to say to a lot of people. So um, less so, I mean, I don't, I don't tend to have these conversations quite as much in my, in my role at B-Lab because I really am more in the kind of storytelling realm of things. But uh, I do a lot of work with, in, in my own community with businesses that are thinking about certifying and, and they ask me this question all the time. We, you know, what, what are the challenges that, that I might come up against and, um, as I go through the certification process? And 
I would say, you know, I mean, B Corps are held to a pretty high standard in terms of transparency and accountability and going through the process of, you know, really looking under the hood of your business and figuring out what you want to change, what you don't want to change. Um, it leads to some interesting conversations within, within the business. So one challenge can be internal buy-in. Um, especially if the process is being led by someone who maybe doesn't have the full authority um, to, to be able to make certain decisions within the organization. Uh, so selling up is, uh, is, is something that, that people have to, I think, be prepared to do. I think there are really great ways to do that because I think there are tons of benefits. It's something to be aware of if you're uh, kind of within an organization and, and thinking about um, kind of changing some minds to to really get get people's heads wrapped around why it's a really good thing to become a B Corp. Hmm. Um, one of the reasons that buy-in is a little challenging, especially if you have a more, I would say, established business, um, and especially if you have some, you know, uh, um, if you have folks with sort of an equity stake who are not necessarily operational in the business and but still do want to have some influence over the decisions that you make as an organization um a sticking point can be the legal requirement which essentially is a change to your articles of incorporation that says uh at least in canada um, that says that you do consider stakeholders beyond just shareholders in the decisions that you make as a business. So, oh, okay. um, so when you make decisions as a business, you are considering yes, shareholders, but also the environment, your employees, um, you know, vendors and those sorts of relationships, the communities that you operate within and possibly serve, depending on the kind of business that you uh, that you operate, uh, customers, those sorts of things. So. Um, so that shift is one that can be tough for folks to get their heads around and, and it can be difficult to get buy-in on that. And, uh, and some business structures are harder, it's, it's harder to, to make that shift within um, than, than others. <laughs> um, so that tends to be a, a, one of the sticking points in terms of actually making the decision to move ahead. Um, I would say, I mean, a lot of businesses that we have within the community are small to medium sized businesses. And I think if you look at the Canadian context, I mean, I live in London, Ontario, you kind of have to operate that way anyway, or you're not going to last very long. So it's just, to me, my personal opinion is, yeah, I get that it's a, you know, a, a bit of a hurdle to step over from a legal perspective, but at the same time, if you're not actually operating that way, there's an extent to which you're going to be able to survive and operate within the communities that you serve. Because if you um, if you aren't operating that way and and are potentially you know exploiting your vendor relationships or your customer relationships or um, or your community relationships or whatever the case may be, that's that's not really. I mean it's really hard to overcome that and that's becoming more and more true, right? Mm -hmm. So I think more and more people are paying attention to who they do business with and the brands they support and where they work and those kinds of things. So, um, so while that is something that tends to be attention when it comes to, when it comes to the buy-in piece or, or even taking the next step once, once folks actually go through the certification process, um, my, my, what I would say to that is, you know, it's um, 
it's actually a, a really good, smart way of doing business in the first place, right? Um, to, to really be considering those other stakeholders. So, um, yeah, that tends to be a, kind of one of the bigger hiccups. Hmm. I mean, it is work. It is work. There's, um, you know, some documentation <laughs> and, and validation that needs to happen behind the scenes, um, but well worth, uh, well worth the trouble. I know uh, I, I have spoken about what it means to be a B Corp at, um, you know, in at universities and that sort of thing, and, and some of the questions that have come up, especially with folks who are on sort of a business track within um, within their studies, are things like, you know, well, if you're doing good, are you sacrificing profit? And you know, what are the that that tends to be one of the other sort of arguments, right? Um, or or deeper question, challenging questions, I guess. Um, and the reality is that if you're there's there's no there's no real conflict between doing good and being profitable, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, there there are potential payoffs even to, you know, contributing back to community in certain kinds of ways and that sort of thing, especially again, as consumers pay more and more attention to, um, to the brands that they support and whether or not they actually are doing good and whether or not the good that they're doing is just good marketing or is actually, mm. you know, something that can be validated. It's actually real um, good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, which is actually one of the real benefits of B Corp certification is that you are, um, you are validating that that good you mm. say you do is actually happening um, and is actually backed by, you know, uh, something that, that can actually underscore and, and validate that work, right? Mm. So, um, and for different businesses, that means different things, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, that really is one of the benefits. And I mean, there are plenty of larger brands that obviously do remarkably well. So like mm -hmm. Ben and & Jerry's and Patagonia. Yeah. And, Patagonia uh, is like a, a, an incredibly successful company and they are the epitome yeah. of, a, of a benefit corp or a, a social enterprise. Exactly. And even in Canada, we have some really great brands like Fiasco Gelato and mm -hmm. Lucky Iron Fish and, um, you know, that's, and uh, Danone uh, Canada as well, just certified uh, last year along with numerous other uh, sort of brands within that family. So, um, so the, I mean, there are some really good brands that are that are doing really, really well. Um, just as a side note, I think uh, I, I just read um, some research last year from a company called Kin and Co. And they uh, they did some research on sort of sustainability and and the value of investing in. Um, in sustainability from a brand perspective, and in uh, at Unilever, all of their sustainable brands outperform their non-sustainable brands almost two to one. So, wow. um, so it's a, like it's a really it's a big it's a big deal, and it's it's actually um, not only is it good, but it actually is good for business. So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, you asked where where some of the challenges are, and and and. and there are some in terms of again the buy-in piece, but um, I would say uh, the benefits are um, are there and clearly indicated. I think. Do you think some of it is like a, I don't know if I, this is the right way to say it, but like a traditional bias on what we you know traditionally we understood that you know business was profit and this was separate, and I think that we've kind of just yeah. existed with that mindset, and now we have this entire flip, you know, because customers are now looking for brands rather than brands looking for customers and we flipped the script now it, there's a reason um 
Not that there wasn't before, but now there's more of a reason from a profit yeah. lens too to really do good. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and I think, you know, most people I do think go into business, um, when they start a business, they really do want to do some good. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there are a lot of people who also want to make money and there's nothing wrong with wanting to make money. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's kind of what makes the world go round, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, right? So, um, so until that changes, you know, it's, it, that, it, that's just a reality, um, that, that we're working within and there's nothing wrong with that. And there are, I mean, most people I know who have started businesses saw a problem in the world that they wanted to solve or saw a place where they thought that they could add some unique value. And in my opinion, you know, being, being socially minded and thinking about your impact on the world around you, um, is actually just, it, 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 it's, it's, it's an evolution of that, you know, kind of beginning. Right. Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it just kind of makes a lot of sense. And absolutely, I think, you know, we, we have even stronger arguments now than we ever had before for uh, for actually intentionally doing good in the sense that, um, you know, if you're looking for talent, people want to do work that is purposeful. And it's not just millennials. I yeah. know plenty of people who are not millennials who also are um, looking for purposeful work, right? So, um in fact, I was reading a book earlier, um, well, I guess it would have been last year now. Yeah. Um, and I heard some staggering statistic about how many million people are leaving their jobs late, late in their careers. Um, so people in their 50s and up who are leaving their jobs and, um, and going on to a second career uh, that is really built around uh, that intersection of purpose and impact um, and making money at the end of the day. So, um, so you know, there's some, there's, there are a lot of different reasons that it really makes sense to think about these things. Because people, I mean, um, people really do want to know that they're doing purposeful work and people want to buy from, you know, brands that they believe in. And those are all just real true things, right? Yeah. I, yeah. Maybe this is, and again, another personal thing of mine, but I find that we're becoming more and more uh, connected from a human level in business. You know, traditionally, uh -huh. we you know, separate the human from the business. Yes, that's important from an objective lens, but every decision we make is an emotional decision. Every decision we make is human-based, right? So now we're bringing sure. back the human part <laughs> into the brands, and that that was a necessary step, in my opinion, to really make business successful, right? You have to work. For sure. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. People buy from people. People work with people. I mean, um, it's all like, I mean, every, every good sales book you'll ever read will is essentially, um, you know, uh, 200 pages of people buy from people. It's just different ways of packaging that information, right? Yeah. yeah. Really different insights and valuable insights and all that stuff, but it is a really important thing. Mm. Um, and I mean, if you've ever been in leadership, it's uh, remarkable how many times you uh, see in front of you that people don't quit jobs, they quit managers and those kinds of things, mm -hmm. right? So, yeah. I mean, the, the reality is that, um, you know, we can't get away from the fact that, that human beings are social animals and, um, and none of the systems and structures that we have in place, whether it's exchange of money or, um, you know, putting in time exists without you know, some sort of human connection. Mm -hmm. No, I couldn't agree with you more. And 
I, I want to jump into the next question now because I really uh, want to learn a bit more about the the history, the history of you know B Lab, the history of the B Corp certification, and really at the the crux of that, why did it start? What was the reason? For mm -hmm. um, so actually, I, it's it's actually a really good segue because it really is about people, right? Mm. It's about people and culture at the end of the day, um, and recognizing that there. There are some inherent challenges that we have within uh, within the systems that we operate within, um, and and business being one of them, and and the context of capitalism being one of them for sure. So um, so really, the the foundation story is really that um, you know co-founders of this uh, shoe company um, had exited the business um, and it was a very successful business at the time and and ha they had a really like there was a, a culture that they were really really proud of mm. um, and and again going back to this idea that like people start businesses because they want to make a difference in the world in some way shape or form right and I think that when we start businesses those businesses are a, a reflection of our own value systems and um, and and when we build something we we, we want to be really proud of it and and it, this is no different. Um, so, uh, so there was this like really amazing culture um, that was attached to the business. And then um, after, after the business um, kind of became part of a, a, a different machine, um, the culture changed. And it was just a really great reflection point, I think, to go, you know, how can we help businesses bake in their cultures in a more uh, meaningful and sustainable way so that if a business gets bought um, that culture that I mean the value of a business is is a lot of things but it is it's people <laughs> and yes. its culture are a really important part of that right so um, so so yeah there was this idea of like how can we make sure that um, that, that businesses can actually, you know, have that uh, have that culture kind of baked in. A more um, a more recent example of where this probably would have been super neat to have in place. <laughs> actually, look at the um, the Whole Foods story. So Whole Foods um, was actually forced to a sale. So that's like that's one issue is mm. that it was they were forced into a sale, right? Um, which if you have a certain kind of mission lock not necessarily going to happen because you don't necessarily exist for just for shareholders right um, and then uh, and was bought by Amazon and um, and then like super successful business of course and um, and this isn't to knock Amazon at all but um, it's a very different company right yeah. it's a very different business and a very different set of values and um, and Whole Foods was bought not for its value system but for um, you know it's some of its other market benefits in terms of um, actually having some bricks and mortar um, uh, space and you know getting a little bit deeper into the grocery market right so um, so that was the value to the buyer right so uh, one of the benefits of becoming a, uh, a B Corp is and especially in places where there is um, benefit corporation legislation which is a whole other <laughs> it's a whole other um, 
follow acts and not something that we have in uh, Canada yet. Mm. Um, but it's this idea that you can really lock in those values and you can really lock in your mission in such a way um, that you can protect against some of those some of those things. Whether it's um, you know having to sell to the highest bidder um, if you're kind of in that sort of situation, or um, you know how to ensure that your culture isn't eroded if you ever are to sell, or if you ever have to um, take if you ever do go public or if you find yourself having to take on other equity partners at various points in your um, in your existence, there's some protection against having to change the value system that underlies the, um, the organization itself. So that's one piece. And then the other piece is the importance of um, having standards and, um, and, and really holding to those standards when we validate um, businesses that are doing good. So it's a it's a um, it's sort of a multi-pronged uh, approach or multi-pronged philosophy around uh, what's really necessary to drive the the change that we need to see um, when it comes to kind of how how we do business and um, and how we uphold you know good business and how we validate good business and and what that actually really looks like. So in the example of maybe losing the potential of losing those set values you have as a company in a, let's say, you know, a sell to the highest bidder, are there ways that those companies can embed that in a sale? What can they do to kind of help say, no, culture is important. We're keeping this set of values when we sell. Yeah, that's a good question. So um, I will say I am not a legal expert. Um, so this, I'm going to give you kind of the marketing answer. Sure. Um, and there are people who are far smarter than I am um, who could get into the actual kind of legalities. But I would say going back to that um, that change, for example, in the Articles of Incorporation, um, you know, that's, that's something that really does uphold the uh, the fabric of the business itself. So I would say, um, you know, there are there are probably cases where um, a potential buyer would would actually look at um, you know look at the legal documents and go, oh, well, what's that about and what does that actually mean for us? And um, and I you know potentially um, if if they don't believe that they can uphold those values in the context of their own um, you know, decision making around uh, around buying the business might even actually walk away from the deal. Which, I mean, um, depending on how you think about what's good or bad for business, uh, is what it is, right? Um, but I think you know you're bringing that conversation to the level of this is actually baked into our legal documentation, and so it's that critically important that um, you know the things that that we value as a business are really upheld um, regardless of who actually owns it um, so so yeah I mean there is some protection against uh, having to give up your certification if you sell and that sort of thing um, that uh, that's a fairly loose answer like I said the legal the legal bit is definitely not my uh, not my jam or my strength yeah that's um, okay that was but, great uh, but yeah, I mean, certainly there's just a, that deeper level of conversation that happens that, um, I mean, I would say even frankly, just from a, from a more, um, you know, lay person level would open up conversations that may not tend to happen. Mm. Generally speaking, in that context. So, 
um, you know, deciding whether or not to, to buy or sell a business. Yeah, and I mean, if it at the end of the day, if you're if you're the value of your company or if that mission that you have is important, there it's it's better to sell to someone who who values that too, right? That, at the end of the that's day, it. that might be more important. That's it, and I mean, that's where that um, you know the story that you tell about your business will also influence who um, who approaches you if they're you know mm -hmm. if they're looking to expand their operations or who you approach or the conversations that you tend to have that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So this is, this is the final question, and uh, it's really about your advice. And I'm really curious about this because you come from a super uh, unique lens of, you know, being with, with B-Lab and then also being in, uh, in a B Corp. So I, I'm really excited for this yeah. one. And it's, what's your advice for people to begin uh, playing a role and start taking their first step into the realm of, you know, B Corporation, but also social impact uh, and potentially becoming a certified B Corp? What's that advice? Yeah, so um, so I have a few, there are a few steps that I would take. First and foremost, I would go to bcorporation.net and, um, and actually just take a look around. Um, so there's a place where you can find more information about certification. Um, there's sort of a good, there's a good breakdown of what it takes and, and what the next steps are. Um, so that's always a good start. Uh, one of the first steps that I took actually when I was looking at um, getting my company certified was I talked to another B Corp. So I, I found someone um, and, and one of the, one of the earlier, uh, one of the young, um, uh, earlier adopters in the Canadian community, uh, Peaceworks, and they're in Wells, I want to say. Mm. Um, and I did a road trip and I just went and visited with them. Um, so, you know, take a look around and see if there are any, you know, any B Corps in the area. Um, I mean, don't be spammy about it, but, <laughs> but um, you know, that information is readily available. Um, and if, if you have connections with, uh, with those businesses, that's a great place to start. Um, if you're in a community that has any sort of support for, um, social enterprise or socially minded businesses, whatever language they uh, folks use in, in, in whatever community you're in, um, then that can be a great starting point as well. So I know like in, in London, we have um, Pillar Nonprofit Network and they have a space here called Innovation Works, which is a center for social innovation. Um, they're like, they've been a great resource for folks and I actually uh, mentor with them um, as a B Corp advisor. So for, uh, for young businesses that are looking at potentially going through the process of certifying, I help them locally just on a volunteer basis. Um, so those kinds of things can be great resources. Um, and beyond that, uh, I would say there there should be a link to the impact assessment itself in the mm. certification section, um, but I I just I would all I I recommend to anybody who's even um, like if you look up B impact assessment that's a that's also a good starting point. Mm. Um, but it, for anyone who's interested, I I think there's no better way to figure out what you're kind of uh, working with than to take a look around and, and actually, you know, kind of see what it's all about. I know that's how my brain works. So it's really helpful for me to kind of jump in and, and see what it's all about. Mm. Um, 
And I know that uh, B-Lab has, has a partnership with uh, BDC. Um, and so they do like B Corp 101s. Um, so just, you know, if, if you're in a community where those um, are coming to, then that's like, that can be an interesting thing to look out for. Um, and we do in Ontario, well, actually all around, um, we have uh, B Corp leadership development conferences. Um, so, uh, so they are like one day kind of conferences, largely for the B Corp community itself, but mm. sometimes there are events that are open to folks who are kind of interested in what a B Corp really is. So those kinds of things can be good to watch out for, um, uh, just to kind of get a, get a taste for the community and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I'm sure I could go on but the ones that immediately come to mind I, I really I think you know we're a we're a small but mighty team so I I, I often direct folks to that those sort of community level um, folks who who do know a lot we have a lot of really amazing ambassadors within our community um, who are who, who just have a wealth of knowledge about what it is to certify and um, and can also I think give a lot of insight into the process and the benefits from their own perspective um, in a way that I think is just incredibly like powerful and authentic kind of coming from folks who, who know it from living it. Mm, okay. So if I, if I gather that really it is engage in community and check out yeah. uh, B lab website. Yeah. Awesome. That's, That's amazing. So okay. uh, Rachel, I just wanted to say, you know, thank you so much uh, again for taking time today. Uh, even though, though it was 30 minutes of your time, uh, wealth of knowledge, uh, lots of, really cool insights on, you know, some of the downfalls of uh, it existing right now, but also the huge benefits of actually getting that, uh, that certification. Um, and you are our official second guest on the Sandbox Social Impact. Awesome. That, yeah, it's amazing that you were here to do this with me today. And for anyone who wants to get in contact and learn more about B-Lab, check out bcorporation.net, right? Awesome. That's it. Amazing. Okay. So let's learn more about the benefits of becoming B Corp and join the conversation at Sandbox Center as well. So Rachel, thank you again for being on the podcast with me. Amazing. Thank you so much.